This episode is brought to you by cancer. No, no, no jokes. It's a really serious issue. We need to raise more awareness and funding. That is quite a serious way to start a show, dude. Hey, speaking of cancer, guess who's back? <laughs> oh, hey, hey. Hey, Mr. Ooh. Toffee. Oh, God, that's so... <laughs> so wow. how was I, your... I see that I'm not really well missed here, he says. <laughs> that was... Who let, who let you in? <laughs> no. All right, I'm back. Uh, better than ever, obviously. <laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah. No, no, let's do a proper introduction. So uh, who do we have here in the... I'm Mr. Toffee here. Hey, back welcome back. Action, as usual. And I am um, malignant exotomemia. I'm benign Shafiq. <laughs> Ebola Shafiq. Let's Ebola try Ebola. Shafiq. Ebola Shafiq. Ebola Shafiq. Okay, this Be is a very well proper diseased episode of Last Game Podcast. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We're talking nothing but <laughs> disease? No. <laughs> no, okay, but like, jokes aside, you know, cancer is serious. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's a serious We should raise awareness. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, fuck cancer. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, you know, cancer took away all my favorite people. All of them? Yeah, David Bowie. Oh, yeah. Uh, Alan Rickman. Alan Rickman. Yeah. There's quite, <laughs> there's quite a lot that well, we don't no, have this on is this. This is a comedy yeah. podcast, goddammit. Yeah. Okay, so. there you go. So, speaking of comedy, God of War. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So, we're really starting at that. Okay, okay. Because, like, uh, if you all remember, we used to be a video game podcast. So, we, we, now, have now some, <laughs> we have some video game news that we have to talk we about. We have to do yeah. the obligatory video game news. Okay. So, basically, during my little break and all that, I did manage to check out a little bit of God of War. Okay. God of War, which yeah, one? Yeah. The, the new one that's coming out on April 20th, the one for the PS4. So, it's, it's not called God of War 4. No, no, PS4. it's just called God of War. So but oh. to fans and everyone, it's all co- considered counted as God of War 4. God of Even War 4. That, this is a strange thing. That was actually a God of War 4. It was called Ascension. Yes, I remember. Yeah. It didn't get Oh, that's the PSP. Reviews. No, PS4. That's a PS4 one. Really? The PSP one is Ghost of Sparta and something of Olympus. Chains of Olympus, yeah. No, but Ascension is a part 4 or is it like a it's, side story? It's basically like it's a part 0. It's like Alpha. Street Fighter Alpha, but for God of War. So there's, it's, it's a prequel. Yeah. It's yeah. not a continuation in the, the saga of Kratos. I guess you could say that this new one is 4 then. So like, how do they explain anything anymore? Well, basically, it's like they're starting off new in this new Norse pantheon, but they somehow recollect the bits that happen in the Greek pantheon. So trilogy. he kills all the Greek gods and now he's gonna. He wanders off the earth and suddenly ends up in a Norse. In Norway. Area, yeah. Norway, so Norway, yeah. It's quite a far trek from uh, the, 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 the Isles of Greece to the, the mountains of and Norway. And from there, basically, through some undisclosed method, he found a wife, he had a kid. And now they're living somewhere in the backwater so that his kid does not end up like Kratos. Already Did he know about his first wife? Like how that ended? Yeah, no, he, he has that in his head, you know, but they're trying not to bring it up so much. There'll be references to this as you play the game along and along. What about all the quick time wenches that he's left behind? Oh, God. Since I, think part that, two. I think that's all Press left a to up. smash. <laughs> you gotta remember, right now, the developers, they're kind of tired of doing six God of Wars that are more or less the same kind of game with small changes here and there and small yeah, weapons. We're tired of I'm pretty too. sure their wallets are not complaining. Which is sir. why they're doing this new the smart crazy reboot. direction. More like um, we're trying to make Kratos a character now instead of a parody. He so was quite the character yeah, in the yeah. first three games. Again, uh, quite a character in the more comedic sense. So they're trying to actually make him more Nah, he was a proper tragic Greek figure. Tragic. <laughs> In the first game, he was more tragic compared to like what part two, part three, where he's just killing people out of his spontaneous rage and shit. Yeah, yeah. So they're trying to get away all that from all of that. Now the thing is, when you start off in this game, like 
20 minutes or so, you establish, oh, he's actually living in the backwater area. Some Norse forest, God knows where it is. He's got his son. Which god? Huh? You said God knows where it is. God knows, yeah. Which exactly. one? Loki, probably. Probably Loki. Loki. Norse yeah, god. Yeah. Probably Loki. Yeah. Loki's a Norse god. Oh, okay, there you go. So you I thought he was an ice giant. Technically, he, According to Marvel Universe, right? Uh, hey, um, <laughs> if we had 30 minutes, I could definitely explain to you Norse pantheon and how that So anyway, uh, anyway, yeah. They, they'll, they'll all get explained like, later on. So basically... Out of quiet backwards, and uh, yeah, his wife passed away. They have to burn, you know, like a like Norse funeral thing going on, like the pyre on stuff. a boat. Not on a boat, Set actually, just near walk. near the village and stuff. Okay. okay. So while that's happening, brings the son out hunting. That's where your tutorial for fighting more or less comes out. And then, like ten minutes in, this stranger comes in, like with tattoos, like Norse. Ruby what do you do in the game? Coming in. Hmm? What do you do? You fight this guy who comes in, basically. No, but what's the first time is basically hunting and then killing a random dead so it's not, zombie thing coming it's not, in. It's not Devil May Cry. It's not you go from not yet, stage not one yet. to stage two smashing things. It's like not yet, not yet. The the the, the 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 whole hyper action thing happens like after twenty minutes. Why? Because they want to establish the more cohesive story in so a sense. So they're becoming Why? uncharted. <laughs> Why? They want to do this. I don't know. It's like they just want to make this character grow up. Because they want stuff. to make an art form. No, no, I won't say it's art. This is more like a typical father-son story thing going on here. Which is the, exactly the kind of thing I look for when I play a God of War game. Exactly. <laughs> I really want to know about his relationship with his son and the... Like, you know, like, screw the visceral action and all the cool weapons oh, no, and no, combos. No, no. Dude, dude, they, they, they... How they, is he as a daddy? <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, if you think they're actually getting into action, no. They actually brought back the action, so more or less. So it's in a third... Okay, it's in a third-person kind of perspective. And, uh, yeah... Oh. Third person perspective, and you know, it's back cameras at the back, and you're still killing enemies left and right, groups coming in, you fight them, you do combos, and now you have, and you be, instead of using the blades of Athena, you now have an axe. It's called the Leviathan axe. You throw it out, it comes back as a boomerang. It's called the what? The vitamin Leviathan. Axe. Leviathan, Leviathan axe. <laughs> Not the vitamin axe, that's a different After path, I pantheon. hit you with the vitamin axe and give you some of the vitamin D. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah so. So okay. yeah, Leviathan Axe. Uh, Leviathan it's like you know, basically your new Blade of Athens, more or less. It returns back to you. You do a bunch of melee combos here and there. So this a lot is of juggling action a god going on. of war game without the chains of Olympus. Hey, they need a change, dude. And I feel that this weapon's actually pretty good. You know what sense. Street Fighter needs? To get rid of Ryu's fireball? <laughs> you, know that mo- you know that most of the good characters, they don't have fireballs in Street Fighter. Exactly. So, But the thing is, like, of course, brand recognition. Get rid of the thing that Something people remember. Something tells me this is more like a one-sided thing. You guys are not really into this. God I don't care about God of War 4 at all. I've mm. never cared about the God of War series for I've stop. cared about God of War 1 because like, oh, hey, look at this. An American version of Devil May Cry. Cool. You know, not as good, not as tight, not as not fluid. As sim- I mean, it is simple. To be I mean, fair, yeah, it's yeah. it's you know, it's like hey, it's baby's first like you know stylish action game. But what if what it lacks in that whole hardcoreness, it actually makes up for style. That's why I kind of like about the God of War series. And then, like yeah. when it pans back, you see the giant monsters you fight. Here in this new God of War, you still see that, but I feel that there's actually more bigger monsters coming in because. Right down to the thirty minutes, I think you're fighting. You're fighting a really huge ass giant with a giant pillar thing, Maybe. smashing your skull in. You gotta dodge. You can't actually parry his attacks because it's a giant fucking totem uh-huh. that's crashing no, on your face. What, what I'm gonna try to say is this: like, okay, I'm gonna be really skeptical because this is the God of War brand uh, trying to do something different, which I totally respect and I totally admire. But course, at the same time, is like, especially in the in the realm of video games, is like, no, like, let's talk about something random, like say. Def Jam icon and how they decided to change everything and nobody liked that yeah <laughs> you know what I mean or it's like so the thing is, is like 
it's a it's a major risk. True. Uh, there's things that people associate with the God of War games, and there's people are probably expecting. And nowhere in the hype is there anywhere anybody saying like, "Hey, the stuff that you're kind of looking forward to might not exist in this game." Not yeah. really per se, dude. Yeah. I've had a hands-on with this. No, no, no. I'm two, saying in the marketing. Mm. Is there any moment they say like, "Hey, you like God of War three? It's not gonna be like that." That's a marketing issue, unfortunately. Exactly. Yeah. So the thing is, now they're, they're they're showing this to us and like saying, "You like Horizon Zero Dawn? You like Uncharted? Hey, what if God of War was just like that?" Like, if they, it's definitely not like that. That's if for they sure. had made open a, world and all that, if not a there. new game, like it would have been fine if it was just like a new uh, property they want to make rather than having like the shoehorn creators and go to war. Yeah, because in. to me it feels a little bit insincere because they have probably something. And it's just they're so afraid that they can't sell it. It's forcing. It's like Metal Gear Survive. Like yeah. it's very clearly it's like Cloverfield Paradox. Like there was another it's like game. Strangers thing. Pray at Night. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's like. There was a spec script. They said, we need to sell this. How are we going to sell it? Let's just stick a brand. It's not the original team, I, right? Hmm? It's not the original team, right? It's like, Jaffe and all is not involved, right? Um, yeah, ever since he left the first game, dude. Like, from the second to the fourth, fifth. So who's it's always been this guy named Corley Bell Barlock. Yeah. He's who? actually the main director for God of War 2 and beyond. He's the guy in charge of this freaking game. Because okay. I like 2. Wait, I was wait, a bit disappointed fact, with 3. In fact, the guy I talked to who was actually presenting the show, he did say that all the former guys who actually created the combat system for God of War 1 they're up to Ascension, they're doing this game. Okay. So this is them So basically being artistic. all the fighting... This is more like that story element that was in the first game that kind of went missing in the second and third somehow kind of made a U-turn back. Like the Leviathan X, more or less. Okay. So they're bringing that back, but obviously they're still putting gameplay first. In fact, I played the hard mode of this game, like maybe about 15 minutes. I think I get I get killed by two hits from the troll or one of the bigger enemies in the game. Mm. So basically, you had to learn how to parry, you had to learn how to block, and you had to learn when your heavy and your light attacks end after each animation. So you still need to get a timing of that, while also being careful that enemies coming behind you. Because it's, you know, the third person perspective. Okay. They'll have indicators at the back showing that, oh, if there's a red indicator, that means a projectile's coming. If it's a light red indicator, there's an enemy doing a melee but attack. this is what I'm saying is like, because the thing is, like, a game like God of War 3 or maybe a game like, say Devil May Cry or Bayonetta, right? Mm. It's like, uh, this year, last year, very few like that. Yeah, that's yeah. a problem. I mean, I we would had like, Bayonetta 2 I would this like, year, so... <laughs> technically on the Switch. Yeah, yeah it like, was on the Wii U, but yeah. It was on the Wii U, now it's on the Switch. And then yeah. like, okay, okay, it's another closed ecosystem. So yeah. the thing is, like, we're talking about PlayStation, which is also a closed ecosystem. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. So it's like, I miss those games. I would love for something similar to God of War 3 to exist in this generation, just to like, you know, like, hey, remember this style of game? It's still kind of a thing. Yeah. You know what and I mean? I'm actually getting a vibe of that when playing these, this game for about a few hours or so. Yeah, okay, I mean, like Different perspective, but still the same kind of like, oh, there are hordes of dudes, I gotta kill them smartly, you know? And learn how to block and learn how to dodge and stuff. I still get that vibe, but in a more controversial perspective, perhaps. Controversial? controversial. Because in a way, I, I actually did get quite a headache after playing like straight. But that's the same you could say for most first-person shooters, right? Or third-person yeah. shooters. But that's... I mean, when compare that to like maybe the old God of Wars where I could actually go on because the camera's fixed, right? An unhinged camera. Yeah, but then I can also bring up like the efforts done by, I think, was it Ninja Theory? The guys who did Enslaved? Oh yeah, Hellblade, Hellblade. That's actually a good comparison. Even like even it. the guys who did the, the, the Devil May Cry reboot, it's like, man, just do that. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, there, yeah. There's a market for games like this and there's people who are screaming up the walls like, hey, Funny we want Funny you mentioned like the Ninja Theory comparison because they did Hellblade which also was in a third-person perspective with doing actions, so that's what they're doing with that. Good, yeah. 
Except I think there are more monsters in God of War compared to Hellblade. Hellblade well, yeah, is more like duels. Because Hellblade was also a much smaller budget. So, you know, it's not really a fair comparison. I think, and it's also unfair because the thing is, right, they had to kind of, like, you know, walk away with Tail Between Legs because DMC didn't do as well as it should have. Yeah. Which was Even a, though it's a good game. It's, yeah. the, it's the best one in the series to me. What? Because, uh, like I've said before, and I'll say it again, fans are idiots and they don't know what they want. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Except for the last game fans. All you guys are smart tuning in. Thank you. Nah, you <laughs> yeah, thanks, for, thanks for hearing. Thanks for hearing us. <laughs> I do agree, though. I kind of want to see more of, like, a DMC reboot yes, for God of War. Yes, I want something like that. But what I've got... And what I've played so far, I think this is good. But again, three hours is not indicative of the whole game. Mm. Anyway, I mean, you still got your different paths you can take. You know, like, oh, you go to a corner, you get your upgrades or weapons. Like how DMC or Devil May Cry have, you know, the hidden stuff and hidden objects here and there. So It's a bit more open world, but not as open world as you expect. I guess so, because I think like what Sony and PlayStation in general needs to do is they need to find a way to really show off the technology. Mm. Yeah. In a way that makes you say like, because the thing is they're pushing 4K, they're pushing HDR. And like, okay, yeah. where's the game that will really show off my amazing TV? You know what I mean? <laughs> I think this game could also be it because holy shit, this game looks really good. I was actually playing it on the PS4 Pro okay. when they had the media event thing going on. Big screens, pro TV, pro PS4s. Re- like the detail of like the forest and then when you get to the more colorful bits here and there, it's just nice, just breathtaking. When does it release? April Very 20th. Yeah. Okay. April 20th. So, yeah, it's... So far, so good. But again, I can't judge this game at all because again, yeah. two hours or so. Because like the thing is, I'm very skeptical. Because firstly, you uh, have the right to be actually. No, I mean, I'm thinking as a, as a fan of the, of the of the series. Like I really liked God of War, and to me, it's like one of the dumbest games ever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But there's something oddly satisfying about just being able to switch off your brain and just enjoy something that. During the QTE kills. Even the QTE kills, I didn't mind so much because yeah. what I love about God of War, especially, is like nobody cares about the combat system because it's inferior to, compared to other games absolutely but it's the spectacle yeah. <laughs> just like you know just the, the best thing about God of War 3 ripping off Helios' head and using oh, him as yeah. a lantern for the rest of the game and it's like, yeah. you know what yeah I, or, or breaking um, what's the name of the god of speed he broke his legs Hermes, Hermes broke off Hermes legs yes yeah. you know or like you know and, and that's the thing it's like when I see Kratos <laughs> as doting dad it's like Oh no, doting that who still kills. I know he still kills, but the thing is, is uh, at the same time, it's like, so why do we need to add this element to Kratos, which I'm pretty sure maybe artistically the creators are interested in, like, you know, going Just to explore that. To explore that. In a new setting. But also at the same time, it's like, you you also gotta kind of recognize your fans a little bit. So it's like, there will be people who are more forgiving and there will be people who will be like, the fuck is this shit? Would you believe that the fans actually clamored for a little bit more death in Kratos' character? Who ever since fans? No, 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 they did. They, I swear to God, I've heard people actually saying this. Okay. You especially? No, not me, not me. Well, <laughs> me, I'm just happy that I get to see all these killings happening in I part mean, two and part three. I'll just say again, they should have just chosen a new character rather than shoehorning Kratos in because that yeah. is such a goddamn stretch. <laughs> Going from Olympus to somewhere in Norway. No, basically, yeah, he took the plane upwards <laughs> and like oh there are more gods yeah, you, here? Did, you don't know there are planes yeah. you know, like, actual planes well he had to have flown there because if he walks through he has like, the Pegasi right yeah. he, he, like, that, that pops up in the, like the, the games other gods probably he did after, after the, the landing gods, like, like the Egyptian gods along the way that's the wrong direction my friend really? no, but I mean like they're, ne- they're around yeah. the corner that was actually David yeah. Jaffe's original vision for the third game's ending to be with Egypt to have all the pantheons fighting against the Greek pantheons and then the there final are so damn many like yeah. if you, do you want to include the Hindu pantheon or all three 
three million. I think it wants to keep it to the PS3 kind of scale, so it's probably just the Egyptians and the Norse pantheons fighting so very against the Greek pantheons. Huh? Yeah, more or less. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I wouldn't mind like you know the final, 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 final boss. You know, just be the Abrahamic God, just saying no. No, just it's just Jesus. <laughs> and the like, other pantheon. And the more you punch him, the the more like nothing happens. It's right. like the entire boss fight is just him just taking blow after blow after blow. Until press X to turn the other cheek. Yeah. <laughs> he <laughs> will counter everything you throw at him. <laughs> He'll be his projectiles are nails, and he like <laughs> smashes you with a giant cru- like cross. <laughs> Wasn't there a fighting game that sort of came out like oh, that on yes. Steam? Yeah, God yes, fight yes. right or God war. Final boss is Yahweh, I think. Apparently Yahweh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, so God of War. Yeah, so that's so my thoughts, more or less. I'm gonna stay on the skeptical side. You're gonna be a little bit more optimistic about Op- it. A little bit more optimistic. Yeah, okay. But the thing is, I'm not gonna say anything until we finally get our hands on it and we yes. do a proper review. I mean, you also want to talk about other things being announced, like Nino Kuni Two. Uh, Nino Kuni is only like coming out next week. It's a GRPG. Very soon, and it's coming out yeah. on PC simultaneously. Yeah, PC and PS4. Thank you. Oh, yeah. okay. So, like, yes. So, I have two questions. One is, are you responsible for your mother's death in this game as well? No, 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 no. <laughs> this is now, this is now actually happening to characters in Nino Kuni itself, okay. that universe. All right. And my second question: Is there a Welsh man with a lantern in his nose? There are Welsh characters somewhere, but not not the fairies you're talking about. What is it with the Japanese and Welsh um, accents? I don't know. Wait. Uh, I, uh, I mean, we brought it up because Xenoblade 2 came out with because Welsh Because yeah. Rob Brydon is a national treasure. Yeah. <laughs> In Japan. In Japan. He sells a certain brand of coffee we're not aware yeah. of. Uh, speaking of... But there are Cockney accents too, if I recall. Games that yeah. have recently released. Uh, there's been a new Paradox game which has come out. <laughs> sure. <laughs> of course. We'll let you take this one. And off. then, like, okay, here we are. We have Eccentric Tom's Paradox Moment. It's called uh, Surviving Mars. So, John. Yeah. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> yeah. You You're talking about God. strangers? <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay. So, basically, it's a base building game on Mars. Okay, sounds fun. Yeah, it's it's actually a lot of fun. It's uh, got some scientific accuracy, but it's also a bit more cartoony. So there's fun stuff. It's made by the people who made um, the Tropico series. Oh, I like Tropico a lot. Yeah, Team Among Games. So it's like the same art style, same vibe. It's slightly. Uh, slightly more refined art style, but it's the same kind of humor. Okay, okay. So, for so example, dictatorship, right? Like, for example, you've got uh, colonists who have to come and come on Mars, and they have traits and perks. And a trait that they can have is vegan. And <laughs> okay. the description is, "Don't worry, they'll tell you." Plus, like, tend to pretentiousness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Our so weapons are gluten-free. <laughs> I mean, I've not played a lot in it because it's super detailed and it's got fun stuff like there's a tech tree, but mm-hmm. it's randomized every time you play a new game. So you don't always have the same starting text and it varies on, you know, what kind of start you have, who's your main uh, sponsor, your own personal background. It's really in-depth and it's a lot of fun. And there's a lot of extra like mysteries which happen, like, you know, you have aliens coming, you have military rovers from uh, uh, the Earth. Can you play a Scooby-Doo? Uh, maybe. <laughs> it was mi- Jenkins all along. <laughs> and I would have colonized Mars if it wasn't for you, you kids. kids. <laughs> but can you create religion in this game? or? Is uh, you can get saints. Okay, that's close um, enough. Yeah, there's like just actual living saints come and live in your colony. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cool. And then you can make him suffocate by leaving him outside a dome. <laughs> Cute. Right, there, there are plenty of ways to kill your colonists if you don't do the right thing. Ah. It sounds like fun, actually. So, yeah, I mean, mm. I'd recommend giving it a go. How much is it right now? A base game is, I think, $40. Uh. Uh, you can get like the uh, one of my special skins for like $50. Uh, 
I can see myself playing this after I'm done with Nino Kuni because yeah. I'm kind of waving. Yeah, I mean, that one. it's it's just a fun game to kind of unwind a little bit and like do your little base building stuff. It's mm. it's fun. Nice, nice. I would love. Yeah, I mean, I think paradox games are just so hard to penetrate. Unfortunately, yeah. Like, where do you start? Crusader Kings one? Oui. Oh no, <laughs> that's for like the proper hardcore. Uh, that's two hundred hours of your life you'll never get back. <laughs> and the rest. And the rest. I have a thousand forty-seven hours in European Universalis Four. Exactly. Huh. <laughs> and I have only half the achievements. Exactly. <laughs> but you know what? Well, that's somebody else's cross the bear. Okay, so I'll tell you what. Final announcements for video games that we can all kind of chime in on. A girl of Rivia is going to be in Soul Calibur. <laughs> that, that is crazy. That like, is crazy. What? <laughs> and he's actually on the bu- box cover for Soul Calibur 6. Of course, because do you know how many copies of Witcher 3 were sold? Oh, yeah, quite a lot. Enough to keep that country alive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think the entire GDP of Poland is based upon uh, CD Projekt Red. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There you go. And he actually has all of his moves, like even his insig- insignias and spells and stuff. Even the sword thing he does. Yeah, you can cast Yard if you want to. You can cast Igni. He has projectiles yeah. in a Soul Calibur game. Yeah, I think he might be a bit OP. I will say this, like, okay, so what happens if you give him the Nightmare Blade? He'll just I stare into submission and then fuck it. You think so? Yeah. I, 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 <laughs> yeah. No, literally, he'll fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the option to romance the night. <laughs> the de- the, sure. They'll go on a date and they'll strip. Yeah. He goes into a hot tub Moonlight. and he goes sit on a stuffed unicorn. So yeah. here's the question that How to all... put the sword on a unicorn. Ooh. Okay, but I th- here's the question that all the Last King fans are wondering, right? Okay, who's he going to smash first? Sofitia? <laughs> I see more him more as an Ivy person. No, no Ivy is basically the one that they just conflict with and then does the quest but then you have to kill her <laughs> you know, okay. like, you're like I would really love to smash Ivy but apparently according to this arc I'm on uh, you know, I need to kill her for that special Fang Raven claw for this thing <laughs> yeah. so you're looking forward to Soul Calibur 6 I'm just surprised that that's it's, it's still around <laughs> wow yeah because it's been a long time the since Soul Calibur 5 it's been the fifth game did not do very well unfortunately yeah, it was no. what six years ago now about five or so yeah. four they need to bring in, I mean, in a way, I guess because of Tekken 7's success, it'd be like, hey, let's visit another franchise we did before but didn't get as much love. So I mean, we'll, track, we'll follow that track, you it's know? It's part of the Namco umbrella, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah it's Bandai Namco. Uh, Soul Is Calibur. Yoshimitsu going to be in this one also? He you? has to. He's always been in every iteration of the game. Since, yeah. It's kind of required. It's like a required hey. addition, you know? Okay. But does that mean finally we have the crossover of our dreams? Gerald versus Haihachi? <laughs> Eventually, <laughs> maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Like, hmm. I mean, he did actually make an appearance. I mean, he actually did make an appearance in the second game. So who knows? They might bring him back. Yeah, that's, that's what yeah. I was thinking. But okay, so I think I think that wraps up video game talk. Unless you want to talk about crossovers. Uh, I, I mean, know. very very briefly, uh, there's a new Left 4 Dead kind of game coming out soon. Vermintide. Vermintide Two. Wait, yeah. I thought it was already out. I think it's out at it's the time out? of this recording. Yeah, okay, it should yeah. be out already. Yeah. I mean, it looks fun. We might play it because it's what thirty dollars to buy. Hey, I would check that out. And yeah. I need a good co-op game. Yeah. Now that I actually have friends to play with. Aww. You got us. Are we <laughs> your friends? No, I was talking about other friends. Oh. Like, <laughs> so pretentious. <laughs> yes. But, okay, so... Uh, yes, yes, looking it's for a new set one. in the Warhammer <laughs> universe, right? And not the Warhammer 40k universe. No, it's like the... Warhammer universe. It's like the one where it's obviously just a map of the world. Like, <laughs> if, you, if you look at the actual Warhammer map, there's a land in the forest called uh, Nippon. <laughs> okay. Not anymore. So what is the rest of Asia called in this universe? Uh, Azua, I guess. And, Asian. Uh, like there's a land in the far north called Albion. Okay. Yeah, yeah and yeah, then you I have sh- all these mummified, um, uh, furry-looking people in the desert. Sure. 
Then you have a place called Kiev. Why not? Kiev. Yeah. <laughs> not not the country Kiev, like chicken Kiev. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, also, where are the space marines in this one? Uh, probably, j- I, I, I don't Confusion know. Confusion will ensue. So maybe oh, yeah. not space marines, just knights, no, it's, right? It's, it's Warhammer, not it's Warhammer 40k. <laughs> it's all the rat people. The rat people. Yeah. Right, we've got trolls, orcs, ogres, yeah, you go. Yeah, and and chaos, because, you know, of course you have to include it. So here's the, qu- the question I'm pretty sure everybody's asking, is like, why? Why does this exist? Because they made it, what, four years ago? And it was actually a surprisingly fun game. And the first Vermintide, yeah. yeah. The first Vermintide was surprisingly a lot fun. of fun. Yeah, there you go. It's, yeah, Left 4 Dead, but well, it's because, medieval. You know, Valve has decided to no longer make games, so we need to get our Left 4 Dead fix somewhere. Yeah. Well, you know, we need to pay for, like, Gaben's gout medicine. Yeah. And it's, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not like, so there, there goes my Steam account. <laughs> yeah. Like, You're going to be banned in 3, 2, 1. Oh, there you go. Yeah, there we'll you come go. back and just, like, we're all, all just locked out. No. <laughs> but to be fair, I've seen a bit of Vermintide 1, and... Yeah, it's actually not bad. To it me, it's feels the kind of good. Game I really want to play, but I just didn't have friends to play with because yeah. everybody, in, especially in Singapore, is Left 4 Dead, Dota, and that's it. Mm. Exactly. You know, and now, what, uh, uh, PUBG and Fortnite. Exactly. Mm. Oh, which no, which I might get into eventually, Fortnite. Really? Yeah, Fortnite. yeah. Because it's <laughs> No, no, more like, I'm supposed to since last year because and I keep procrastinating it. It's free, right? Yeah, like it's the, free. The, yeah, the Battle Royale version is completely free and better balanced than um, PUBG. PUBG, unfortunately. And the thing yeah. is, PUBG super shit the bit when it finally went public. Oh, yeah, because uh. the servers are a joke now. And I think it's also literally because, like, the, and the thing is, we gave it game of the year last yeah. year. Yeah. And the thing is, like, and it was based off, yes, I know, controversially based off the, the free access. What's it the early access early version. Early access yeah. game. version. And it's like, you know what? This game could do wrong. And boy, did we <laughs> did it do wrong. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. You we can't tell that. the future, dude. So you it can be helped. No, because the thing is, everybody knows that it's handicapped basically because of Xbox money because they're so desperate to get on console. Yep. Yeah. And also at the same time, like, they also are pushing the mobile one. So yeah. it's totally ignoring the like 90% of the fan base on the PC who's like and also there's just such an endemic cheating problem as well China thank you yeah 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 <laughs> and because we are based in Singapore it's the only service we can get on so I have all these Chinese men screaming obscenities in my ear in the lobby no they're just taking your order <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry <laughs> it's okay you're keeping the flavor I can see <laughs> I like chicken for my I want suitcase. sex one gun <laughs> Chicken says my place. I didn't know there was N word chicken. There's like, N? <laughs> uh, no, Nika means this in Chinese. Nika, Nika, Nika. That so wraps up our video, video game, game talk. section. Remember the last game when it used to be a video game podcast? Yeah. Now we're going to talk about things. Never forget. <laughs> video games. <laughs> Until next week when we do Nino, Nino Kuni. Yeah. Cool. Speaking of things uh, we were wrong about, uh, I want to talk very briefly about a movie I watched this week. Okay. What's that about? It's called Gringo. Oh, they made a movie about you? Is it, <laughs> is it a politically correct film? Now, technically, Gringo doesn't mean white person. Oh, it means foreigner. It means American. Oh, it means for okay. Cool. Yeah, apparently it comes from. This is something I found out from one of my Latino friends. That uh, Latina, sorry. Um, that during the U.S.-Mexican War, yep. uh, the U.S. military would say like "Green Go" like yep. for the different uh, battalions that would go. So the Mexicans would just hear it and just start calling them uh, "Gringos," "Gringos." Ah, uh, right, right, right. So oh. anyway, um, fascinating, right? So what's this film about? I've actually never heard of this, except for the actors. So and Charlize Theron's in this. Yeah. And Joel Egerton, the orc. Basically, think about every uh, dark comedy where there's like some kind of heist which has to happen and it goes horribly wrong and er- lots of hilarity ensues. Um, but the thing quite is, a lot of films there. Uh, so I, the main uh, 
can see is that uh, there's this company which makes these cannabis pills mm. like in preparation for when it becomes completely legal in the States, but they have a plant in Mexico. They find out that the plant owner has been selling the product on a slide to one of the local uh, cartel leaders. Ah. And this mild-mannered uh, businessman has to go down to try and sort out what's going on while his bosses come as well. Bosses go back. He gets uh, unhappy because they're trying to sell the company. He's going to lose his job. Finds out his wife has been unfaithful to him. So he tries to stage a kidnapping. And then some other shit happens. And then Shelter Copley appears to try and rescue him because he's the brother of the dickhead um, boss. And then it ends with him owning a beach on the Mexican uh, Riviera. Oh, so spoilers. <laughs> Look, this movie is a pile of dog shit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's like, there were moments where I really tried to like it because there was some kind of funny dialogue, especially when Charlie Ferron just does anything. Okay. She is, she's like this. Who's the character in this anyway? She is, sorry? Who plays Gringo? Who play? yeah. Gringo is referring to David Olawayo's character. Mm -hmm. Was he in Black Panther? Probably. Uh, <laughs> As a rhino. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying that, you know, if you're a black man in Hollywood, you are probably somewhere in Black Panther. John Baker wasn't in Black Panther. Well, it's because he was busy doing Pacific Rim it and Star Elba Wars. Elba wasn't in Black Panther. Because he's already in the Marvel Universe. Bruno Mars wasn't in <laughs> He's not black. <laughs> okay, Michelle anyway, Dickinson. anyway. Charlie Theron, who is she again she's in this? Just like she's this, South African. She's this uh, very, like, uh, direct... Uh, direct talking, ball busting woman okay. who's like full of self loathing and hate, and she has these um, really funny lines. Basically, Charlie's Theron. Yeah, pretty mm. much. <laughs> like, imagine like pure distilled Charlie's Theron. Then you have Joel Edgerton as the, the, your dickhead boss, pretty much. Like, he spends the whole time like staring at the secretary's ass and, you know, making weird uh, references to gorillas to the black character. Oh. It makes sense in mm. the film. Okay, okay. Um, and then Harambe. <laughs> I guess so. Never forget. Uh, <laughs> then you have Amanda Seyfried who does nothing. Like, she's in the film, but she doesn't really do anything apart from say that the main character who's called Harold, Harold should be called Harry. That's it? Yeah. Uh, that's literally her only uh, effect on that's the... That's wasted time she right there. Right. I think she's on the poster. Yeah, she gets main billing and she does nothing. Mm. And, uh, you know, Shelter Copley is fun as always to watch but yeah. he also has a completely pointless arc and his character is schizophrenic to say the least so did you do any research on this movie was this like pieced together haphazardly because of studio interference I or? don't know this was created by uh, that uh, Australian collective um, Blue Peter I, no not Blue Peter uh, <laughs> it's like a group who do all these kind of like uh, osploitation movies okay. uh, and the director Nash Edgerton who is, is brother of is Joel. the brother of Joel Edgerton yeah kind of just put this together and I think he was trying his best to make a Coen Brothers movie or like um, uh, what's his face um, Cockney Guy Dead King Arthur Charlie Van Ham oh no director I can't remember. Guy, oh, Guy Ritchie he's trying to make a Guy Ritchie slash Coen Brothers movie and failing miserably yeah is there even one single redeeming feature apart from you know Charlie's Charlie Theron Charlie Theron is, uh, is a lot of fun to watch David Oluweo did a very good job and what I like about the thing about his character is that if you changed him with a white man, nothing would change in the way his character is portrayed. Okay. So it's not yeah. any kind of like race, lazy racist jokes or any like, you know, um, stereotypes attached to him, which I thought was very good in a progressive sense, I guess. In the sense that, you know, okay, so we're just having you in because we like you as a character, not because we need to make black jokes or anything. Okay. Which was fine. Uh, but. I know some funny moments, like uh, the cartel guy is really into the Beatles. 
And uh, he kills anyone who says that Such a Peppers is the best album. <laughs> okay. He's more of a Let It Be fan. I agree with him. Uh, White Album is my, the strongest one, in my opinion. I kind of agree with you, mm-hmm. too. Yeah. <laughs> but overall, this movie is just a big steaming pile of dog shit, and I want my money back. Oh, so is that bad? It's a 3 upon 10. Okay, that's pretty bad. Yeah, it's... And it's just, like, really disgusting in some ways. Like, Fanny Newton is in this movie. She's the wife of the main character. And the main... How do you score a girl like Tandy Newton? <laughs> well, it's because in the movie, she was fat when they got married and she lost a lot of weight. Started cheating on That's him. That's a lot of weight. Yeah. <laughs> cheating on him with uh, the piece of shit uh, boss. And then at the end of the movie, she's put all her weight back on. This could be the spiritual successor to Norbit and we just didn't know. Let's not... Let's, <laughs> I, I pretend that Norbit does not exist. Yeah. Thank so you very much. I, it's just a really just mean spirit to just like, haha, she's fat now because she lost this man. Yeah, look at look at this fat person and laugh. Ha ha ha. Basically, you, Adam yeah. Sandler humor. Pretty much. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I mean, there's really nothing worth watching it unless you want to watch just like a, a movie try so hard to be a movie that is better than itself. I guess. So three upon ten. So that's a eccentric Tom's review of a gringo. Uh, I had to. I had to say it because I spent money to watch this. If I didn't talk about it, it's then a public I'll, service announcement. Yeah, yeah, I'd be yeah. even more angry. <laughs> Best way to do it is on the podcast, yo. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, this is my outlet for every rage I have inside me. Yeah. Okay. And speaking of rage inside you, uh, <laughs> how do we transition? Okay. So me and eccentric Tom uh, caught another movie over the week, uh, which was. Strangers Prayer Night. Yeah, Strangers Prayer Night, which is a actually I thought it was called Let Us Pray, though. But anyway, go on. Let us pray. <laughs> yeah. Let us pray. Now that's a very different movie. <laughs> that's, that's like a Christian a, core movie. That's like Christian. Pray as in P R. Yeah, you know. So yeah, like the thing, and that's the thing is like, oh, very punny. Yeah, I get it. Pray at night. Hey. So hey, um, you know, I mean, we did mention about how God of War is like basically taking a brand name and putting it on something else. So like, in so a way, yeah, this yeah. is the same so thing. Strangers Prayer Night is basically. Nothing to do with the original film with Liv Tyler. So it's, it's the same thing. Yeah. It's inspired by is what I've seen. And not even like. and it's inspired by that film and also true events. Yeah. Which so could mean like you know what? You can literally get away with based on true events on any script because Absolutely. You, you can just say oh, It might have happened somewhere. I wrote this one day at Starbucks, so it's based on a true <laughs> event. So technically you're not lying. Yeah, yeah. But if anything, I would say this, uh so helps to sell more tickets. Uh, I'm not sure. And I'm pretty sure like when it comes to selling tickets, so I mean the horror genre in its entirety doesn't really need help from Hollywood because the thing is it survived on its core fan base since the beginning the inception of the genre like it survives on the core fan base and on teenagers who want a good scare to get their dates to like him to squeeze them yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and if anything is like I would say this right so Strangers Prayer Night we went in with exactly the perfect amount of expectation like we know none at all none at all you know anything is like okay you know some good jump scares some like and, and the best thing about watching a horror film in a cinema it's all the girls screaming around Exactly. <laughs> we went and there were a lot of girls screaming in hey. your cinema. We went to a free screening, uh, so thank you very much to... Thank uh, you to the friends at Shaw. Yeah, yeah for, the Shaw uh, folks. For hooking us up with that. Um, but we were sitting next to these two uh, teenager Singaporean girls. Well, I was. And they were so funny. No, I could hear them, yeah. Yeah. So, for example, there's a moment where uh, the father is saying, Oh, uh, you stay here, I'm going to go uh, look at this. And the woman's like, No, don't do that. What's wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> And that's the thing I love about horror movies, that raw visceral like you know reaction you can get Absolutely. from the audience. Seeing those tropes play play on and on yeah, and you just I wanna see the payoff. You if know? I watched this movie by myself, I wouldn't have liked it as much. 
But, but you have to watch it with a crowd, yeah. Right? When you watch it with a crowd and everyone's like reacting next to you, and like your people are screaming at the mo- moment, laughing at other moments, like, okay, I'm getting into the mood here. Look, especially there's this one scene when you have the misfire jump scare when oh, the yeah. dog pops up, and yeah. then like some guy in the back row is like, Chiba, yeah. That's funny. Oh, cool. <laughs> so everybody's watching this film, apparently. So I was like, yeah. But those of us who are not Singaporean, uh, look it up. Yeah. He basically just shouted, "Can't!" <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> but it sounds funny in Hokkien. Yeah. There you uh, go. But uh, okay, so I mean, you want to summarize the film? So yeah, yeah. Summarize the film for everyone to know. So here's the thing: it's your run-of-the-mill slasher film where uh, a family of four, yeah, with a really shitty teenage daughter, and she's the reason for all of this. Exactly. If only she wasn't such a bitch, none of this would have happened. Exactly. Like <laughs> we are not exaggerating. They're going on this retreat because she's being sent off to boarding school for something she did mm-hmm. in school. Apparently, like, yeah. the movie says, "Hey, would you like to know uh, what she does? What she did to make all this happen?" And we're like, "Not really." Like, good. Now to do I move on? <laughs> let's let's start the movie right now. And okay, that's one thing I totally appreciate about this movie because it doesn't hamper itself by giving too much characterization. There's no arc. backstory. Mm-hmm. Like, it's basically these four assholes. Here's their situation. Now they have to survive. And and okay, one thing that was kind of like okay, I mean, I just mentioned like you no know, low expectations, right? But the thing is, I was a bit worried because having only four main protagonists, you have to really stretch out the murders. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's like it, like if you have something like Friday the Thirteenth, where you have a whole cabin full of counselors, like and probably campers, nine, ten, yeah. you can definitely get a good body count going. Like yeah. something with, with four, I'm like oh, okay. And the thing is, like, so how does this work? How does this one work? I mean, you know what? For its pacing and for what it does, and like okay. And the thing is, the major Hollywood, the, the major trope when it comes to every single horror movie is like, yes, we're surrounded by dumb people constantly. I yep. mean, like eccentric Tom just mentioned, like that figure deciding to, hey, you you stay here, I'll go in by myself and check it out. Like, you know, it's who a th- in the right mind. <laughs> it's amazing that he was able to get his wife pregnant twice, and I think that was more just law of averages of him getting it right eventually. <laughs> mm-hmm. And mm. the thing is, like, one of his kids was dumb. <laughs> oh yeah. But at least the other kid was able to like take out some people. Yeah. In summary, uh, a family of four entered this spooky ass trailer park, which is owned by an uncle, I an think. An uncle, a relative, yeah. who, who gets dispatched off uh, in the in the opening segment. Yeah, that's like in the first five minutes of the movie. Okay, and like probably that's the most gruesome thing you'll see. Yeah. It's like the the bodies. Yeah, the bodies of the uncle. It's and the auntie. pretty gross, actually, and it's not a super hard rating. I think it's like an N sixteen. Yeah, which like here's the thing is like when I saw that, I was thinking, oh, you have to top that, and then like, yeah. okay, so one thing. That that's kind of disappointing is the deaths are not really that spectacular immaculate. they didn't top off the first death in a sense I right? mean like even the first death like basically just happened like before it's like they, a prison shank pretty much okay. yeah and the thing is like it's I mean like the first death they don't you don't see anything totally violent it cuts the screen I mean it cuts the titles quickly yeah but you do see the aftermath of that mm-hmm. and then like I would say this um, like yeah everybody gets dispatched off pretty normally yeah I know? mean I mean, can you guess who's the first one to get uh, dispatched off? Here's a hint. The most well-paid uh, actress is Christina Hendricks. <laughs> Probably her. Yeah. Probably her, yeah. yes. Yeah. So mom gets killed off. Because she's the only one I recognize on screen. Like, everyone else is like, who the fuck are you? It's the, yeah, but hey, okay. Christina Hendricks. She still looks good, huh? Oh, she looks fantastic. And uh, here's, the th- here's the problem I have. There's scenes when you put her next to the daughter and she looks younger still. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> what, really? <laughs> yeah, the daughter's 19 and she has... But she has this haggard kind of goth girl, I'm such an asshole rebel vibe. Yeah, like openly smoking in front of her parents. And then you see Christina Hendricks with her pixie face and her mom body, which <laughs> we don't mind. <laughs> and it's like, damn, 
Mm-hmm. But I mean, if anything, uh, yeah, she was the highlight, and unfortunately, was taken <laughs> taken away too soon. Yeah. And how how how's the tension and the whole pacing of this? Well done. It's very. Uh, it's, what, it's what uh, it's supposed to do. Another thing I would say, which is good, is that there's a good mix of jump scares and established uh, scares. So you have to send a jump scares of like her <laughs> kind of yeah. thing, which is a thing which is common in most horror movies today because that's what people want because it's a, just a cheap thrill. And that's never going to go away. But they do mix in other ones, which is more like um, the original Halloween movie. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, the tension building and the Like suspense. at the end when uh, Jamie Lee Curtis looks like she's fine, but then you just see Mike Myers just slowly sit up, get up. You have <laughs> okay, that. Okay. You have scenes like that in the movies. Like you just see headlights just turn on, slowly start appearing. Yeah, like, like just like a, a things happening just... in the background. Like there's always that moment where a character is talking to a char- another character, and then uh, right in the background, we the audience can see there's somebody there coming right at you. Yeah, but I mean. For what it is, it's a fun little roller coaster ride if you enjoy these kind of things. I mean, if you're not a fan of the horror genre, this is you don't start here. Yeah, yeah. this is not your first horror movie to go into. This is more like just your basic flavor horror film that nah, does If you're a, a fan job. of like, if you know what to expect and you know, it's like exactly, it's like it's like it's like it's like junk food. If you know what you want and you want that quick, satisfying thing right now, yeah, go ahead, watch Strange Spirit Night. We had a lot of fun watching it. Not a great movie by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah, I mean, it's full of tropes from all other better horror movies. Like it's even got a, the ending of Texas Chainsaw. Oh, okay. okay it's okay. got elements of uh, Friday the Thirteenth, but like the guy just won't fucking die. Yeah, I mean, the thing is. The, f- the formula works so well. Yeah, it's like you could tell it's gonna happen, but you still enjoy watching it. Like there's a bit at the end where one of the main guys gets set on fire, and he's just staring at the daughter like, you know, this isn't gonna stop me, right? <laughs> I'm gonna come right after you in a minute. Yeah, and I enjoyed that totally because like one thing, um, like there's three main killers, and there is a little bit of a character arc, I guess, with the blonde one. Yeah, the one with the the. I don't know how, how to describe the I face. I think it's just a generic uh, female face. Then you have a uh, Bagman, and, and then, then you have, have Betty Boop yeah. face. Yeah, but she, she basically there's this, uh, that moment where they kind of dispatch her with a shotgun, mm-hmm. and then oh, that was such a satisfying, kill. a very satisfying shotgun blast. And then like basically, uh, daughter is like standing over the dying body of one of her assailants, and then like removes the mask, and you see it's just like a typical blonde teenage girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she asks the important question: <gasps> Why are you doing this? And she responds. Why, Why not? not? <laughs> it's like, I love this movie. You know, it doesn't try to make any, like, political or social statement. doesn't even justify these yeah, characters. Like, yeah, They're just is, killers. This is period. just messed up. This yeah. is cool. Yeah. And what I really like is that you can, there's a variation in how the, the different people kill. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, Betty Boop, I think, just likes the, the quick kill. Um, the I like the fact that she runs up to things. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. the blonde, like, does a really methodical stab. And, but the Bagman seems to just really enjoy taking his time. No, I mean, like, he's like a Dark Souls boss. If you know how to dodge his swinging axe, you're yeah. fine. But, I mean, like, with the, way he, the way he kills a dad because he's stuck in a, in a car that's been crashed, yeah. and he's just like... He savors... Yeah, he's just bit, like, you yeah. know, taking out the murder weapon, just like, moving around, choosing the right song on the radio. Step. Yeah, there you step. go. And on that note, the songs. Oh, some amazing songs. Like, there's a whole fight scene done to Total Eclipse of the Hearts. Oh, holy and shit. It's, okay. it's beautifully done because it's in a pool as well, so you go below and up. Yeah. It's a nice pick of 80 songs or... Yes. All it is. It's right up there with the Guardian soundtracks. <laughs> oh, like, nice. The, nice. F- the first tune is uh, Kids of America. Mm-hmm. Okay. There you go. Yeah, which sounds really creepy when it's just from a single radio at night. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, the thing is, that's the precursor to the, the three killers. But the yeah. thing is, they didn't really establish whether the big guy was a 
kid or teen? I because he's dressed kind of formally. I think he's the dad, and then he has two daughters. I think that's. I think that's a uh, make your own assumptions, yeah. boys and girls. But yeah, but if anything, you know what? Like, uh, Mr. Toffee. Yeah. So I mean, you're a fan of the horror genre. Yeah. So let me ask you a very simple question. If your kids are running up to you and they're panting and gasping for air, and they say like, "Oh God, we just saw a dead body," do you a immediately get into the car and get the hell out of there? B. Uh, check it out or C check it out but ask your daughter and wife to go and wait somewhere and then just take your son and then just take your son and then when you get there you ask your son to wait outside as you alone go inside and check it out I'm definitely not picking C that's for sure well, that's what wrong answer that's what happens because <laughs> <laughs> it's based on a true story <laughs> <laughs> I think the main problem is just that white people are idiots <laughs> And that's the, like the main cause of all deaths in horror is just like really moronic people. Nobody gets the fuck out. And here's the all. thing: like, okay, this is the one thing. This is why I'm gonna bring this up is because this is the one thing that drew me out of the movie. And it's still forgivable, but it's like in a modern age where your teenage individual is basically, you know, uh, glued to their handphone or their device. Oh yeah. And then like basically the scene, right? Oh look, crazy people. Let's call the cops. Oh, I'm a teenager. I left my phone at the trailer. <laughs> so all the phones what? get smashed yes. up. And all the phones get smashed up. And like, okay, well, we can always depend on teenage daughter. You're always on the phone. Oh, I also happen to have left my phone at the trailer. Even when How I, convenient. When I flounced out the trailer to go smoke and cry. <laughs> she is the weepiest girl I've seen <laughs> in the cinema. Like, she spends the entire movie weeping. Like the first time Wait, we no, see her, she's crying. Still not as bad as Jessica Biel in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre re- uh, reboot. I haven't. That's seen a that. lot of weeping there. She yes. was really annoying in that one. Yeah, I and she's the one that survives. Because of course. Yeah. You know, but I would say this right. Um, so, Mr. Toffee, <laughs> another important question. You and your imagine you're a mother, and you're with your daughter, and you both realize your phones have been smashed. And you're in a trailer, and you just realized when you turn around that there's somebody in the trailer with you with a knife and a mask. Do you bolt out for the front door right next to you? Do you stop, look at the person, and ask, What do you want? Or do you stop, look at the person, ask, What do you want? And then go into the bathroom and lock yourselves in, thinking that that will be the fortress to keep you alive for the rest of this situation. This situation. In a horror film, I'll take C. What could possibly go That's wrong? That's the correct answer. <laughs> That's oh exactly what you need to do. <laughs> <laughs> Always ask that crazy person, what do you want from us? Yeah. And if they don't respond, what do you say? Leave us alone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because they, of course, of course they will leave you, you alone. scream it out loud and they'll definitely say, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to intrude. Oh, uh, you wanted to leave you alone? Oh, I thought you wanted to be murdered. I'm so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought this was a murder-suicide pact. I do apologize. Oh, wrong trailer. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, no. Oh, the, okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but like, again, I, say, I, I know we're nitpicking a little bit on the things that are obvious, but... Uh, this is... But this is like a horror film trope that every film kind of wants to follow, even yeah. though... You need dumb people yeah. to make horror movies enjoy because yeah, I mean, like this is, I think like horror movies are actually like you know a public service announcement of like Darwin Awards. 
It's but like these are the people we type on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, I wish these writers would actually take a page from Jordan Peele or something. You exactly. Know? Yeah. So you yeah. know what I mean. That's all, that's more like a full, a full, like a rare blue moon thing happening. You know. Yeah, but you know, guess whose name we saw in the beginning of this movie? Whose name? Blue. Mr. Blum. Oh right, the Blumhouse yeah. folks. So Jason you know Blum just owns horror right now. Well, you know, for good reason. He makes a lot of them. Yeah, he makes a lot for very cheap, and they make all the money. Because it is exactly what it is. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, if only there was like a smart, intelligent horror movie that we have easy access to right now that we can counter with. Gee, I wonder what. You know, with a little bit of a science fiction element with strong, intelligent leads. Yeah. With a intelligent female leads. Intelligent female leads, especially, especially in this day and age, right? Yeah. Where there's not enough representation of women. And they don't hammer it on home in the film itself. And they don't just scream like idiots. Yep. Directed by someone who has a very strong visual sense and is able to tell a very interesting narrative. So speaking of Ghostbusters reboot, <laughs> <laughs> no, okay, we're talking so, about Annihilation. So there's gonna a be a film that somehow ended up on Netflix for some oh, reason. Uh, well, I can tell you that. But first, do you want to give a quick rating for Strangers? I want to give a quick rating. Uh, I give it four stabby stabbies out of five stabby stabbies. Uh, but like number rating, like it's just. It's a solid C, maybe five or six point Like a six steps out of ten. I would say it's a six. Like I enjoy myself. I mean, it's not better than Psycho. It's not better than Scream. It's but it's worth spending money on if you have nothing yeah. to do, right? Oh yeah, I good mean, popcorn fair. Like you know, if uh, good uh, date idea, uh, you know, bring her over, turn the lights off, pr- press this on. Like if you like roller coasters, this yeah. is your kind of thing. There you go. Cool. Cool. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Nation, I can tell you why it's on Netflix because Paramount looked at this movie, which they'd spent having fifty million dollars on, and went, "We're not gonna make." Any money on this because hey, people are stupid. Like, hey Netflix, do you want this? There you go. You know they might actually yeah. use those same words you mentioned, Shafik, in the board meeting with Probably. Like Marlin. But exactly. also remember, Paramount lost all the money last year. Like, not a single one of their uh, movies uh, returned uh, profit. But like, even yeah, Transformers, so. which is normally their big temple, lost money. And this is the fifth trans. Okay, I, I can see why. Yeah. <laughs> okay, never mind. Yes, remember that movie which <laughs> came out last year? I read a not, but yeah. Yeah, I try to not remember. Oh, The Last King? The Last Night? Oh, yeah, The Last <laughs> Night. The Last King. Transformers The Last King. I am Shia LaBeouf. The first time I actually exploded on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, We should make a t-shirt out of that. That would sell. The first time he exploded on a podcast? The exp- uh, well, the just t-shirt. my head. <laughs> How will you put that on the t-shirt though? Like, full text? Yeah. I don't know. But if anything, okay. So, I know, tell you what. We're going to take a quick break and then we go into our full main segment where we talk about probably one of the best science fiction releases of the last few years. Uh, yeah, let's do that. Yeah, so, let's okay. take a break then. We will so, be back uh, after these lovely messages. Uh, here, we're going to have a public service announcement to all of you guys again, apparently. Yeah, don't get murdered. Yeah. <laughs> don't go into a dark cabin alone. Uh, And don't scream at scary people. If the place is creepy, just leave. (laughs) And we're back. Alright, so after talking a lot about video games and horror films... We're gonna be talking about Annihilation. (laughs) Post Malone, get out of here. Uh, Okay, maybe for context, the soundtrack... Yeah. Oh, the soundtrack's fantastic. Yeah, yeah the soundtrack's yeah, fantastic. It sounds yeah. like a Post Malone hip-hop track. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're talking about Annihilation, which is probably the best sci-fi movie to That come no out. one has watched, unfortunately. <laughs> or if you have a Netflix account, you should watch right now. Yeah, I mean, you have no excuse to not watch it if you're in this day and age. Yeah. So I mean, anyway, let's recap the film. So it's about five scientists who actually had to check out this phenomenon called The Shimmer. Yeah. yeah. So basically, like, a meteor, like, strikes the Earth and it lands on this lighthouse mm-hmm. which causes this uh, 
anomaly, basically, where it bends like... Bubbly effect. Yeah, this bubble effect. Basically, like, under the dome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Thank you, yes. <laughs> that was a comparison there. But the thing is, instead of an actual dome, is like like an oil and water bubble. Yeah. <laughs> which is cool. I like. It's uh, a very, very cool visual effect. It's, it's very like, different. It's very yeah. pretty, yeah. I would say that. Yeah. And so, uh, and we have uh, Nellie Portman's character. Yep. Uh, who is a biologist. Yeah, and she's drawn to it because her husband was one of the people who went into the shimmer. In a covert mission. Yeah, and he's... Uh, this is not a spoiler. This is like the first five minutes yeah, of the yeah, movie. Yeah. I think it's in the trailer as well. And he returns. He's the only one who comes back, but he's messed the fuck up. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So the thing is, right, we respect this movie and also our audience so much. And especially for... Uh, we don't want to spoil it because yeah. that's our mission. We're trying to we're explain this film without you have spoiling to watch it. This also, because it. one of us might not have seen it all the way through. That too. <laughs> that too. <laughs> okay, but the thing is, like, we've all done our homework, sort of. But okay, tell you what, let's talk about basically the story. To me, the story in general. I mean, Alex Garland doing his, doing the God's work. You know, yeah, like, yeah. basically yeah. the man who gave us Twenty Eight Days Later, Sunshine, even Dread. Yeah, all yeah. written works. All you. written works, yep. and then like his director of the debut was Ex Machina. I, was that his director debut? I think he director did. debut was Ex Machina. Okay. This Annihilation is his second film. It's his okay. second film. Okay, and he also wrote it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, there's the pedigree right there. And yeah. he actually crammed in. It was actually based off a three-part novel or five-part novel. He actually crammed all of that into this movie without taking away the essence of the books. Yeah. And he said apparently he only read the book through once, and then he uh, did his adaptation. Oh, okay. And like I've been complaining constantly on on this show is like. Yes, that's how you do it. You adapt. You yeah. don't copy like note for note. Yeah, it's not called you know a uh, transcription. It's called an adaptation. Yeah. Because like adaptation, <laughs> whatever <laughs> adaptation. But I would say this. Uh, I mean, I'm so glad that they didn't do the normal thing of like, oh, Annihilation One, the beginning. Annihilation <laughs> yeah. Two, the reckoning. Annihilation I mean, they do have three. like chapter breaks, but uh, it makes sense within uh, the narrative frame of the movie. Yeah, yeah, because they use that over and over. Yeah, that yeah. same black with the white text and yeah. stuff. But also, like, I mean, they've done that since Kevin Smith's Clerks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't mind the, the little bookends and the chapter titles, but... I mean, it, like, Thematically, it makes sense. But yeah. I mean, if you're Tarantino, I mean, it doesn't break the pacing, but yeah. I, I, I don't want to complain about that too much. I mean, if you want to talk about... It also about fits into, like, the wider weirdness which goes on on the screen. Yeah. Because I guess so. very, very quickly, the film starts going very bizarre. And, like... As soon as they step foot in the shimmer and a particular scene happens, all bets are off, basically. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I want to say, like... I mean, one thing... Not say a criticism, but one of the faults I have with the framework is they have it basically scaffolded by the interview with Natalie Portman. Yeah. So, like, to me, that felt like... Oh, you you, do, you want to do... You, do, you still need to kind of interpret or add some sort of, like, non-linear storytelling. But you felt that it was just came in too quick, is it? Was it? Not like, say it came in too interject. quick because it's like, you know, then everything is based off flashback or based off, you know, uh, you know, what, what was the, what's the term? Uh, the un- in Imizi the rest. narrator. The unreliable narrator. Yeah. Thank you. Well, that's, uh, I mean, that's what made um, The Usual Suspects so good. So yeah. yeah, but the thing is like, uh, especially when it comes to a story like this, it's like, mm. I don't mind things just happening as it happens. Yeah. And then having her to retell it to me felt like padding sometimes, but it kind of made sense because uh, that framework does have a payoff at the yeah. end. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, okay. a nice payoff. Yeah. So I totally appreciated that. Uh, but yeah. I mean, but you'll be asking questions when you start. It's mm. best to just watch it all the way to the end. Yeah. This entire movie is all about asking questions, and often the answer is, I don't know. Mm-hmm. It and just happens. Yeah. yeah. And I also want to say this. Um, I mean, talking about story again, pacing is actually... 
a bit slow at first. It takes its time. It, it, but it's a good slow rev up because, mm -hmm. um, I mean, I've not got to, got to the point where things really kick off, but there's been a slow ratcheting up of tension and weirdness to the point where, like, it's just about set to just really go off. Mm -hmm. And I will say this, right? That kind of slow burn is perfect in a cinema setting. Absolutely. Because then, yeah, you're enthralled. You're, you're, you're tight to the situation. I mean, I really wish they had a cinematic release in... I just wish Paramount had more faith in this film. Yeah. Because it's really well done, honestly. Well, I think they had faith in the film to still re have a release. They just don't have faith in the audience. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's the honest truth. This is part. the same studio that keeps on pumping out Transformers sequels. Because so, China. You know. <laughs> so they're racist and condescending. No, they just know what their market is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, even the Chinese didn't like uh, Last Night. Well, you know, because it's all about night, mm. I guess. But, um, I mean, okay, uh, I want to ask you guys, what did you all think about basically the thematic elements of this film? Uh, I thought that it was... It's not necessarily something that we've not seen before, mm. but I think it's the first time they've done something so explicitly and throughout the entire... Everything about how it's written, about how the characters move forward, about you know even the visuals. It's all about change. More specifically, change is just a thing. It's not good. It's not bad. It it's just, just happens. It's just a thing. And it doesn't give a single flying fuck about your feelings. <laughs> <laughs> the change that happened inside of the light and everything, that was actually well explained without saying too much. It lets the act the, the animal from the animals that pop up and yeah. meet up and to the little or the dangers they face. It's all right there in front of you. They don't need to explain that. We know that that's what they're aiming for. Yeah. As soon as they introduce the whole cell spitting thing at the start of the film, we already the cancer, know that yeah. Yeah, the cancer, that's what we know what we're going yeah, for. Yeah, this is an allegory for cancer, pretty much. Yeah. All of it. But I think if anything, um, I wouldn't say it's an allegory for cancer specifically. But it's like, it's including cancer because that's the main thing we talk about. Yeah. And it's often the thing that people most misunderstand. They think of it as a, it's a disease. Yeah. It's something that you get infected by. No, it's just your body fucking up and not doing what it's supposed to and do. And also, like, I like how it's a multi-layered kind of theme because also at the same time, like, aren't we humans also a cancer of this planet? Yeah. Changing it in a way that, you know, Mother Nature didn't want it to be this way. Yeah. And look at us, you know, and then, then again, then you can step it up. Because, like, basically, like, uh, cancer is something that is talked about with some of the ca characters. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, um, I would also say this, like, I mean, towards the end, when it enters, like, Lovecraftian levels of, like... I would think H.R. Geiger-ish, in a way, H.R. Geiger, of, yes, but yeah. I, was, I was thinking thematically. Uh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because because the thing is, right, when it comes to, like, the Lovecraft horror, is, like, you know, we are all basically under the rule of one blind idiot god who just doesn't care. Yeah. <laughs> He's a cold, careless cre creature who basically wants nothing to do with us. We are just a small fragment of a bigger thing. And that, like he can just blink us out of existence. Like yeah. if a god exists, they're most likely the one where like why would they care about us? Yeah. Like it's the height of human arrogance to believe that, you know, the universe is all about us and our central story. Like, and no. That, and I love that about this yeah. film, especially because it's basically reminding you like, no, the universe doesn't care. You know, yeah, and like yeah. there's some It's very nihilistic. Exactly. It's, and the nihilism is beautiful in this film. I mean annihilation, though. Yeah, but, but, it's, it's <laughs> but at the same time they don't say that is this change bad, good. Again, it lets you interpret the message itself. Yeah, not it just being gives ambiguous, you, that. you know, that's yeah. what yeah. I love. And it, but it's the ambiguous, yeah. It's that's a the kind word. of nihilism that uh, Nietzsche wanted to talk about. It's like nothing matters, so you have to find your own meaning. Not nothing matters, so don't even bother. Like because 
even though very clearly like all our leads are way out of the loop, they have no idea what to, they're trying to do they're still doing the best they absolutely can because they're trained scientists and that's what you know you're meant to do and some of them had military training which is good you know oh yeah yeah and they show it properly yeah I mean, like, you want to go straight into the performances here? Uh, yeah, yeah, we should go for that. Okay, yeah. Let's start with the lead, Natalie Portman herself. She, I, Natalie Portman is a very good actor, and it's something which shouldn't have to be said. Mm -hmm. but, you know, unfortunately, we saw her kind of go on autopilot in two Thor movies. Mm. But that, 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 that's rare anyway. She needs a paycheck, right? Yeah. So. But then again, you see her in like, something like Black Swan, or you see her in the debut in The Professional. Oh, mm. yeah. Like, when yeah, she yeah, was, yeah. what, 13, and, you know... Yeah, and then, like... Keeping again, up with Jean Reno. And people will like always remind us like, oh, wasn't she like the mannequin like Amadala? Like, yeah, Lucas directed her that way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Of course she has the goofiest love. So all this is the writing and, and the direction she got. She, she actually yeah, did a great I job. I think here. If she cares enough, especially if she if she's like with a director who knows what he wants. Yeah. She she definitely like, you know, goes goes for it. And I mean, I also want to give props to maybe Jennifer Jason Lee. Oh my God, yeah. She's yeah, also a highlight. Leader. As yeah. team leader and kind of antagonist, but actually Ventress, that's the name. Ventress. Yeah, Ventress. Yeah. She's kind of like the antagonistic middle management you get in many other movies. Yeah, and I also like the fact that, you know what? She, to me, as much as... I think a lot of people will complain about her performance is very wooden. Yeah, but and I think cool that's a deliberate well. choice. Yeah. It's a and deliberate choice. it works for what... Um, for what her arc is. Yeah, exactly. It makes sense when it's revealed later on. So Yeah, and then we have others like uh, Tessa Thompson. Yep. So when she's Valkyrie. not... Yeah, when she's not got guns out for Valkyrie, she's... Putting on the glasses yeah. and yeah. <laughs> being like, a physicist. Yeah, this is someone who has a really good dynamic range. Yeah. And a good English... American accent. And speaking of dynamic range, hey, Jane the Virgin. Yeah, is yeah, a badass. Gina, yeah. Gina Rodriguez. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, managing to be a strong, you know, uh, cut individual without, you know, relying on the fiery Latina stereotype, mm -hmm. which would have, you know, really taken away. But, I mean, you'll never be as tough as Vasquez from Aliens. Of course. <laughs> no of one course. will ever be as tough as Vasquez. That, that's too <laughs> high a bar to reach. And then, of course, you have uh, other girl. Yeah. <laughs> Other girl. She's a uh, Swedish uh, with Elaine Rekka Norotny, I think. Mm. At least her scenes sort of no, no, was her, there. It no, was fine. It no, was her fine. scenes are great, but yeah. it's just that unfortunately, when you have those four super amazing performances, it's like. And it's a horror thriller film. Someone's gonna yeah. have to die. And also, she's the one with the. So least the red hair is the red shirt in this <laughs> one. <laughs> yeah. Yes, so. But, but everyone needs a red shirt. Let's not spoil too much, okay? okay, okay. We just admit that, like, okay. I mean, if you, if you know what to expect. So, like, I also want to spay... Spay. You want to spay... I want to spay that alligator. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh. But yeah. The one we saw in the trailer. I also yeah. want to kind of uh, touch on, like, the choices they made because I love the fact that here we have a film where we see characters who are reacting based on their profession and based on, like, you know... In the strange universe they're in. Yeah, like... Rather than what's between their legs. Hey. Yeah. Uh, I'll say this, right? I like the fact that, you know, okay, that's how a scientist would react. Yeah. They would, like, study it and pay attention and, like, okay, what is this? What's going but on? But they would and do it in a smart way. Yeah, if it's about to kill you, yeah, you take out your gun. And it kind of makes sense that, like, the medic would freak out because she's the one who is less curious about things like this. Yeah. And then, like... I like the fact that, you know, you needed that, that somebody to be the catalyst for uh, chaos within the unit. Yeah, know? yeah. And then, like, you know, the thing is, as much as I enjoy it, like, uh, I can't help but think of her as Jane the Virgin. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 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 hard, it's hard, right? And I'm not even a fan of that show. I'm a fan of her performance <laughs> in this one. So it's like, I'm looking at her, and then I like the fact that she's actually the fun, bubbly, friendly one who, yeah. who makes the first move and, yeah. like, uh, brings Natalie Portman. Hey, you joining? Why didn't you stay with us? Why are you sitting all alone? 
And then you see her turn into this person who's like, you know, in way over her head and just freaking out, you know, in a hey, realistic way. Again, it's change. Like yeah. everyone changes in a way which makes sense. Yeah, and that's the thing. Weird I mean, shit in the shimmer, yo. What? <laughs> it's like uh, Natalie Portman's character becomes slowly more sure of herself as uh, the things get weird because it's more about, becomes all about biology. But I'm really trying to not spoil things here, but then... Like so, when it becomes more her field, she really just starts getting to shine for herself. And I also love the fact that they didn't like uh, hook it all on the relationship with Oscar Isaac. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. because it is a it's the initial hook that got her into it. Mm. But as soon uh, apart from like we get reminders here and then, like, hey, she's married to someone who also went to this fucked up place. Yeah, yeah. For the most part, it's just how she is dealing with the situation. And right it doesn't now. feel like coincidence too. <coughs> yeah. You know, I mean, okay. The only thing that felt like, like written directorial coincidence actually makes sense in that realm. I mean, like to me, the only coincidence is like, oh, j- yeah, just for the sake of budget or probably pacing, she also has military training, so it makes sense that she can hold a gun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I mean, I didn't mind that at all. And if anything, uh, pff, like I mean, Oscar Isaac shows up, and like one of the best things, you know, very minimal Oscar Isaac dancing in this film. Yeah, <laughs> compared <laughs> to the last film, I yeah. think Alex Garland paid attention to the criticisms yeah. we had about Ex Machina. Yeah. <laughs> Too much of that. He decided know. to go for a proper Southern accent this time round. You think? Mm. Yeah, that was his native Florida accent go- showing through. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, but it would make sense because it's like, <coughs> isn't this supposed to be set where the swamp lands are? Yeah, it's probably set somewhere in Louisiana or Missouri. Mm. Yeah. And if anything, uh, I mean, the supporting cast is pretty strong. Mm. I mean, we have also... Benedict Wong as the main interrogator. Yeah, you see, you see him at the start of the film, like so, five minutes. Yeah, basically, that guy from Doctor Strange is talking to Thor's girlfriend, asking him about Poe. Yeah. We, we can make the pop culture references. He was also... The, the Disney triangles the, like, all yeah. over the place. He was yep. also the government stooge in uh, Hated in the Nation. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, okay. There you go. Yeah. Black Mirror episode. I don't think we've talked a bit about the art direction. It's... It's well gorgeous. Yes. Well it is From so the beautiful. To the glimmer. <laughs> yeah, there you go. The shimmer to the glimmer. It's like, remember how Dread was really damn colorful for some reason, despite being a post-apocalyptic thing? Yeah. Now, I mean, it's a comic book film, so I think that was the direction. Which is strange yeah. because the, the original is, is black and white. Yeah, 2080 yeah. is all in black and white. Only like halfway through it got colored. Though, like, so yeah. no, no, only the covers are in color. So yeah. nobody knew what colors Judge Dread was wearing until they saw the covers. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, okay, uh, our direction is. Amazing, immaculate, so beautiful, and it carries like there is some reference to like Geiger. There is some reference. some nice gore too as well. Oh, the gore is amazing. I yeah. love it. Some you nice know? gore. Yeah. Uh, a bit. Yeah, with the, the found footage segment, right? Yep. I yep, don't want to yeah. speak too much about it. Just there's there's that segment. Alone. And I think yeah. if anything, um, art direction wise, sound design wise is also pretty good. Yeah, I mean, really good minimal choice of music is like they only choose the soundtrack which will make sense in certain moments but then they dial it back for when we need to be paying more attention to the natural sounds and what people are saying mm-hmm. and I also want to say this like okay without trying to without spoiling anything at all right the ending when uh, they actually reach not say the climax right but basically when you know they, they're at the point at the end of the journey mm-hmm. and then like the sound design then yeah oh like, wow that wow. was beautiful yeah, it's like, yeah I would say that because everybody's journeying towards the lighthouse so yeah once they reach the lighthouse and then they really turn up the weird like the weirdness, it just goes just all weird. the way up. And it weighs like, bananas. Yeah, uh, ambient effects, not ambient effects. Like some, it, it actually reminded me of the soundtrack from Under the Skin when Scarlett Johansson was in a dark place. That music starts playing. Oh it's wow, like a better version of that. Oh nice. Yeah, 
I didn't like Under the Skin. I but, just like the nudity. But you have to admit, that soundtrack was very unnerving. <laughs> I actually felt the that. The music was fantastic. Was, yeah, I felt that in Annihilation. I, yeah. say this, I, mean, I, think, I think there'll be a lot of comparisons to something like Under the Skin because mm. it's basically about, you know, this alien life form that comes to Earth and it doesn't understand but it's trying to. Yeah. And it's all about this creature changing and learning and it's like shape-shifting and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And of course, you chose the body of Scarlett Johansson. Well done. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Props to that. Props Pro- to that. Props to that, you know. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, if I want to say anything about Annihilation further, it's um, <sighs> this movie just proves that you know now we need to dig. If you want to find something good or amazing, it's not gonna be in your triple A blockbuster. You're gonna anymore. have to spend a bit more effort finding it. Yeah. yeah, and the thing is, like, I think it's probably up to guys like us to like remind people, hey, you know, when it should actually be other people's jobs who kind of want to <laughs> champion. <laughs> yeah. Films led by females, not over the top, you know, those kind of archetypical kind of films. I mean, that's not even like the major point I'm trying to make. The thing is, is like, I think, I mean, you know how I always constantly say like, we're just burning through like Marvel and comic book movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nothing but big hot garbage on screens right now. But that's what people want. Yeah. And then like, here we have, I like the fact that this reminds me of uh, maybe sci-fi in like the 70s or 80s. This reminds me more of the 80s when they had Altered yeah, State, but there, there's Jacob's something, Ladder and ah, There's something stuff. very like, I mean, subdued about it. Yeah, It's yeah. not like, trying to be a big action sci-fi horror blockbuster. It's keeping your attention by being weird and interesting and different. Not the by loud explosions. It was kind of like that. It was exactly. subdued, but obviously body horror shit happens. And uh. the thing is, like, it respected your audience enough to know that, okay, you know what? Weird shit's going to happen and we just trust you to be able to deal with it. Yeah. 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 And also, I mean, I want to basically, I would compare this more, I mean, not, not just say Cronenberg's The Fly, but I would say like maybe something like Videodrome. Like, Videodrome, yeah, what yeah. What is that going on? You know, But we can actually get it because when you explore the film halfway through, okay, it makes sense so when I would more say, stuff like, pops this up. Is my, to me, like, I hope this is the start of a new renaissance because if anything, like, as much as we gotta still comment on basic pop culture garbage and like as much as once in a while there will be a good comic book movie or superhero movie yep, yep. or hopefully finally a good Star Wars movie <laughs> this hashtag is the one Han Solo film soon <laughs> oh <God. laughs> this is where the real like stuff that is pushing the media yeah. forward is, this is where we're gonna find yeah. it for all the bad that Netflix has given us there is the good you know exactly there's yeah. a lot of really good on Netflix I mean, there's I also made, just a lot of shite I made that comment very like in a previous episode because like I like the fact that Netflix is not becoming the weird dumping ground for all of this like yeah. the new sci-fi channel no I would say it's like it's like the, that video store in the 80s where you look at the cover and like you know this could be interesting you watch it and you find a gem <laughs> yeah. like, you don't yeah. realise like it's like, oh my god, this is actually a really good movie that uh, nobody told me about. Uh, I miss those days. Yeah. yeah, and that's what I love. I like the fact that Netflix is just populating its stuff. Like, and I, I think it's a good ratio of garbage to like, you know, treasures. Yeah, all we need like, next is just like the weird bit at the back of the side where you have all the crazy porn. Yeah. What? <laughs> I don't uh, think there's porn. Store. That's <laughs> Xflix, sir. <laughs> We're it's not probably trademark somewhere. <laughs> I've bought the domain. Oh, okay. <laughs> It'll be cool. up soon. Oh, yeah, make some but, money, yeah. yo. Okay, okay, so... Um, I will say this right. I urge all you Lasking fans, you know, if you're a fan of our show and you're you know our taste, right? And it, we I can't but not recommend Annihilation enough. Yeah. It's the kind of movie that, you know, it deserves as much attention as possible. Absolutely. It needs the attention. It's smart, it's well written and yeah, I thought visuals are also great too. Right, yeah. The more people do who watch this, the more that maybe Netflix will keep trying to fund 
something like this in the future. Yeah. And this doesn't even talk down to you. It just presents itself as is and you figure that shit out Absolutely. when you watch it. This is a smart movie which takes you along for the ride expecting you to understand what's keep going up. on. Yeah, yeah, to keep up. I mean, like, here's another thing. I mean, I'm tangenting off again but here's the, uh, like everybody is kind of happy that uh, Benicio Del Toro well done Mr. Toffee for calling it oh she right one best yeah. yeah well done how I was lucky yeah. <laughs> that's how it is gambling dude this oh, is gambling Logan lucky yeah. <laughs> Logan didn't win damn oh it. damn it so I would say this like so uh, ever since Guillermo Del Toro won his uh, best director everyone wants Mountains of Madness now everybody wants Mountains of Madness oh god I want if he can pull that off that'd I be awesome I want Alex Garland to do Dunwich Horror he is the Ooh. perfect guy okay. right now because the way he had like that seaside setting with just the people not being able to understand or react to the greater cosmic evil or the basically the last second half the climax right? yeah and yeah. when I'm watching this it's like oh my god I think we found a guy who can do Dunwich Horror or somebody who could do Call of Cthulhu yeah, basically, that could work that could work you know, I like see the, it. the smaller Lovecraft films so someone can actually make a Lovecraft movie work wait Reanimator exists. It's a great movie. Eh. Oh, yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. that From Beyond is not bad, yeah. too. Okay. From Beyond was after Reanimator, was it? It was. It was okay, it's still I the same. It's Brian Usner and Jeffrey Coombs. Yeah, Jeffrey Toombs. That's the name I haven't heard for I a love while. that guy. He yeah. was in The Frighteners, sir. Yeah. Okay. That was good <laughs> shit, too. I'm familiar with Mr. Toombs. Mm. Coombs. Whatever. Coombs, Coombs, Coombs. <laughs> so, okay. Um, you want to give any final words or final ratings? Well, my final rating would probably be... Is nine too much? Because it's really good. I kind of want to watch it again. You're gonna that. give it a nineation? <laughs> a uh, nineation. Sorry, Thank you. I had to go there. Yeah, it's really good. You didn't good. have to. You just chose to. I'm of course. I'm telling my friends and everyone just please. If watch you have Netflix, this. watch it, dude. Absolutely. Yeah. Even if you don't understand it the first time, watch it again. <laughs> like for me, yeah, it's definitely eight and a half or nine. Yeah. I mean, it's not a perfect time because I still have issues with the pacing and. Maybe also with like, the framework. I felt that was yeah. a line that felt out of place. Like after a particular scene, the woman said, "Like, oh, I don't want this happening." Yada yada. Along those lines, I felt okay. This is more like nitpicking on my side, now. Yeah. And again, I don't want to spoil it because oh, that's fine. Stuff yeah. happens. Yeah. Some lines just felt a little out of place, but yeah, then again, the delivery is a bit off. I get. Oh, I get weird. It. A bit weird. Yeah, yeah. But this does not does not tarnish the nine that I give it. It's just nitpicking on my side well you can nitpick absolutely everything like yeah. even uh, Killing of a Sacred Deer which I think we all gave perfect tens to we had our nitpicks yeah we did we did yeah not, not a single deer in the entire movie exactly <laughs> there you go there you go yeah, but there I, are deers in this one so I can't give a rating because I haven't finished the movie but um, I suspect it'll be a high rating mm. I would say for me um, please fans last king guys watch this movie I think contender for probably film of the year I don't know. This will definitely be on our top 10. It's like, a contender, sure. that's it's for definitely, sure. Like, it's definitely. I mean, like, it's only fighting shape of water for best genre science fiction movie. And yeah. technically, that film came out last year, so... But also it came this out this year, year in Singapore. Yeah, so, yeah, so hey, I'm you know, sorry. We, okay. have, we, we have used a Singapore list. release schedule. Actually, we're fine with that. Because yeah. I love shape of water, so there you go. So, if anything, uh, maybe we should call it this episode. I think this is, uh, yeah, time to say thank you very much for listening. Go yep. watch Annihilation. Yep. Do watch Gringo. Yep. Kind of watch Strangers, maybe. Stranger Things. Yeah. Yeah, and well, definitely watch Stranger Things. Not I mean, Strangers Pray at Night yeah. things. <laughs> the, the Strangers, The Strangers. The Strangers, the strangers. Pray at Night. Yeah, and I pray. Hey. 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 Nice time pray with this episode. Pray at Night yep. Nation. Yep. Oh my God. <laughs> and it's time to bring all these terrible puns to an end. So I have been Eccentric Tom. This is, has been Mr. Taffy. And this is Dog Shadow. Signing out. Signing out.